Welcome to the Bloomberg PL Podcast. I'm Pim Fox, along with my co-host, Lisa Abramowitz. Each day, we bring you the most important, noteworthy, and useful interviews for you and your money, whether you're at the grocery store or the trading floor. Find the Bloomberg PL Podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Bloomberg.com. For more on this breaking news about the uh, special counsel, Robert Mueller and his uh, Mueller and his investigation, I want to bring in uh, one of the authors of this story. And congratulations to you, uh, Christian Bertelson. Thanks very much for being here. Much Thanks. appreciated. Thanks for having uh, me. Why don't you just lay out for people who all they've gotten are the headlines, just get set, you know, set us up and, and go for it. Sure. So uh, the special counsel who was appointed just a little over two months ago, Robert Mueller, uh, to handle the investigation into Russian interference in last year's presidential election uh, has included as part of his probe a number of business transactions involving uh, Russian financing of Trump developments, uh, the Trump uh, Miss Universe pageant that was held in Moscow in 2013, uh, and as well as an earlier investigation that was started by federal prosecutors in New York into Trump's former campaign chairman, Paul Manafort, and and uh, Ukrainian transactions that he uh, engaged in in 2008. So, Christian, let's talk about how this differs from what we've known so far in this scoop that just broke uh, by yourself and Greg Farrell talking about how uh, the U.S. special counsel is investigating possible ties between uh, Trump's campaign and Russia, uh, it, including some of these financial ties that we know to be longstanding between the Trump organization and a variety of different Russian interests. Uh, we also know that President Trump did talk with the New York Times in a wide-ranging interview where he said any look at financial ties would be off-limits. So it's not off-limits. In fact, it's front and center. Uh, what do we know about how this changes the tenor of the overall investigation? I don't know that it changes the tenor, but it, right. I mean, the, the initial uh, mandate for the investigation was to look into Russian interference in the election, um, and that included you know, the hack of the DNC, uh, uh, you know, whether the Trump campaign coordinated in any way with Russia to get damaging information about Hillary Clinton, that kind of thing. Um, so this look at the financial transactions and the sort of, you know, longstanding business ties between Trump and Russians um, is a bit uh, different. Uh, you know, I couldn't say whether it actually goes beyond the mandate uh, in the special counsel letter from the DOJ. Uh, but it uh, it does seem to go in an area that Trump warned in that New York Times interview that he considered uh, sort of beyond the bounds of or scope of the investigation. All right. I'm going to try to connect two pieces of information that you uh, have been able to uh, determine are true. Uh, Jeff Sessions, attorney, uh, current attorney general, had asked for the resignations of 46 U.S. attorneys. One of those U.S. attorneys happened to be from the Southern District of the County of New York. Can you tell us about Preparara, his office, and I believe some of his colleagues who are now assisting in this investigation, and why that's relevant? Uh, there, there's never been any sort of full explanation of why Barrara was fired. I mean, you know, Barrara was fired along with all the other remaining Obama. Was he considered to be an excellent uh, prosecutor? 
He had an incredible reputation and still does. Um, you know, the the thing that is unusual about Barrara's firing, the firing of U.S. attorneys is routine any time an administration changes hands. Um, and all the U.S. attorneys who were fired were Obama administration appointees. The thing that makes Barrara's firing unusual was that he met with Trump uh, after Trump was elected, but before the administration began. And according to Barrara's account, uh, he was told he was welcome to stay. Uh, so, so there's always been a question about why Barrara was included in the mass firing with the others after he had been given the assurance of Trump that he would be allowed to remain in office. So could it be a sort of a prevention of justice being done? Kind of, could that be sort of part of the probe that you're hearing about or obstruction of justice? Or is this uh, just sort of uh, another sort of whiff of smoke to, to add to – you can't you can't know you right. know because uh Barrara right. himself has given an, a very detailed accounting in public of his firing and even Barrara doesn't know you know he he received a call from the White House the day before he was fired he did not return the call because he felt it was inappropriate and there are existing justice department regulations that that prohibit contact between US attorneys and the White House so he, he didn't have the conversation and he didn't yeah. know. Andrew Goldstein, sorry. I, just because you got to connect. Who is he and it, why? Because Lisa knows, uh, is, has a legal mind. Andrew Goldstein uh, was a, uh, I believe he was a deputy chief in the U.S. Attorney's Office and the head of the public corruption uh, unit in the Southern District of New York. And he left his position there, I want to say, two weeks ago. Uh, to move down to Washington to join Mueller's investigative team. So uh, I just want to note that uh, equity markets do seem to be down on this news. They did uh, the S&P 500 did uh, drop subsequent to this story uh, hitting the wire. So it does seem like this just injects another note of uncertainty uh, to the ongoing political intrigue. I want to talk a little bit more about the financial ties that Mueller's team is looking into. In particular, you highlight, for example, a Trump Soho uh, hotel condominium development um, and where it got its 10 million dollar cash infusion that was from somewhere in Russia or believed to be, uh, as well as the 2013 Miss Universe pageant, uh, where a prominent Moscow developer paid $20 million to bring uh, the beauty spectacle uh, to that country. How does this relate to President Trump's rise to power in the U.S.? I I would think, well, you know, uh, Russian Eastern European capital in general was a source of development for various Trump projects. And I think that to the extent Mueller is investigating that, uh, he's trying to determine the origins of the relationship between Trump and various, you know, sources of capital in Eastern Europe. Uh, you know, as to Trump Soho, uh, the money that came, that helped build Trump Soho came from a development group called the Bayrock Group. And according to a lawsuit filed against Bayrock by its former finance director, Bayrock received some of its money from Russia and Kazakhstan. This is uh, Bloomberg Markets. I'm Pim Fox. My uh, colleague and co-host, Lisa Abramowitz, our guest is uh, Christian Bertelson. He is a uh, Bloomberg reporter who along with Greg Farrell, uh, have uh, broken a, a story about the uh, special counsel, Robert Mueller, 
who uh, is expanding his probe uh, into uh, President Donald Trump's uh, business transactions. Um, I wonder if you could just reset quickly for people that there's a lot of pieces to all of this, right? I mean, you know, the threads. Can you just sort of condense it for people so that they understand exactly why this is important? The the investigation being conducted by the special counsel is into Russian interference in the uh, presidential election last year. Uh, but the the investigation is also looking at Trump's longstanding business ties to various Eastern European uh, sources of capital for his developments. Uh, the the president told the New York Times in an interview yesterday uh, that he viewed any investigation. Uh, into his business dealings as being sort of beyond the bounds of what the appointment was intended for. Uh, I want to bring in Al Hunt. He's a Bloomberg View columnist who's been uh, following all of the variety of different political intrigue that we've been experiencing over the past few months. And Al, do you think that this new disclosure of the new angle of the special prosecutor's investigation changes the tenor of the discussion at all around Russia? No, it really doesn't, because uh, the whole question all along, Mueller's mandate was always quite broad. It was interference with the election and the charge that somehow Trump uh, might be beholden to the Russians. They might have leverage on him that goes back to his business dealings. So Mueller had to investigate this. Moreover, special counsel, I mean, I'm old enough, we should have been here when the Nixon special counsel was here. Special counsels uh, like this, uh, or special prosecutors as, as existed before, uh, are given a broad mandate and they have to to see what they can they can find when they were investigating nixon they didn't start having any idea that there was illegal use of the internal revenue service for instance when they were investigating clinton they didn't have any idea that we were talking about sex in the oval office uh, i don't think that bob Mueller will be will go off on a wild chase the way ken Starr did but central to this investigation is trump's relationship with the russians and central to that is whether the russians money laundered uh, through Trump and whether they, were, they bailed him out and whether in any way he is indebted to them uh, and has not told the truth about it uh, or has not uh, or is not revealed on his tax returns. That's something that a special counsel would be derelict if he didn't investigate. You know, Al, I have to say this raises a real fuzzy ground, which is, yes, we know that President Trump has been involved with a variety of different Russians and his financial dealings. At what point does that mean he's beholden to them uh, versus just has a very good relationship well, with them? Well, that's not fuzzy. Right? I mean, uh, that's not fuzzy. That's what the special counsel investigates. If it's just a normal business transaction, then there's no problem with it. Uh, if, in fact, uh, you know, there's there's something deeper than that, uh, then that's what Bob Mueller will find. I don't think that's fuzzy the, at all. What's the difference between a normal financial relationship and an abnormal one if you're basically cloaking it? I, I mean, I, like, I just don't understand the, the, the distinction that the, the special counsel will even draw there. You know well, what I mean? Well, no, I don't, because I think the distinction is going to be, did the Russians somehow, and I don't know the answer to this, Lisa, but I think this is quite clear and quite obvious that the special counsel has to look in this. The question is, in some way, were the Russians giving aid to Trump's organization and to Trump, bailing him out in a way that he is indebted to them? They have leverage over him. They have knowledge about him that he doesn't want out. I don't know that's the case, but that's the charge, and that's a charge that has been suggested by serious people. Bob Mueller will find out if it's true or not. If it's just a normal business transaction, then, then, there's, uh, then there's no problem. 
There's all kinds of reasons to wonder, however, among them being that Trump and his people continue to lie about this. So if you're lying about it, what are you trying to hide? I don't know. That's what Bob Mueller will find out. Al Hunt, I got to love you because, you know, you're, you're so last century. You actually, be, you, know, you, you, you know, until proven, you are, uh, uh, you need the detail, correct? Well, you want, I, no, no, ah, ah, but this is where I'm going with this, and I want, I want Christian uh, to come in on this, because uh, the cycle and information the gathering that has been included in all of this includes online uh, revelations, emails about the uh, president's son, emails from the president's son, um, uh, conversations uh, about Jeff Sessions, the attorney general, uh, to the New York Times, uh, all of these things. People draw their own conclusions. You know that the Twitter sphere, the blogosphere, they live. Uh, this is a feeding frenzy uh, for this, and it's become part of it. In your investigation, how important will the email trail and the money trail be in figuring this all out? You know, I'm not a lawyer, and I really, I, I'm probably not qualified to opine on that. Uh, but I, you know, I think. Uh, in a large part, it will explain, as I said, at least the origins of the relationships. Um, and flowing from that, you might get some understanding of sort of why uh, Trump and Russia appeared to have such sort of close interactions over the course of his campaign. You know, I have to wonder, given the fact that we did see uh, markets move down and that both of you are saying this doesn't really materially change uh, the narrative going forward, why are markets reacting at all? I mean, uh, to, to a large degree that they, they kind of haven't uh, reacted all that much, but we are going to be speaking with someone, uh, Mark Grant, coming up uh, from Hilltop Advisors, who said that, you know, people are losing faith that we are going to get anything done. I mean, Christian, do you hear from people uh, that just the ongoing tome of information that keeps coming out is dampening any hopes uh, for for anything else to sort of gain attention? <laughs> I will say, just you know, in talks with people, I, I don't know about the the financial market implications of it, uh, but I will say that the people I've talked to do feel significant concern that if Mueller's not allowed to complete his work, uh, that where we are as a country uh, is a very troubling place. Um, you know, there's a lot of hope that, you know, he will be allowed to complete his investigation and that we will get some clarity on what happened in 2016. Uh, and if that doesn't happen, if he's sort of fired or stopped or something that, uh, you know, we are in a dark place in terms of the rule of law. Al Hunt, are we already there? Oh, I agree with everything Christian just said. Um, I suspect that Trump really is thinking about firing Mueller. And I think that we then become whatever you want to call it, banana republic, Russia, uh, the rule of law doesn't matter. And that's the case. And that then the key will be whether whether congressional Republicans will stand up and say this is not acceptable. That's what they did in 1973 when Nixon fired Archie Cox. Uh, that's what we'd have to do now. But I think the predicate that Trump was trying to set yesterday was somehow he either wants to fire Mueller or he wants uh, somehow to force Sessions out and appoint an attorney general who'll do it. Uh, I think if he gets away with that, this country is in terrible, terrible trouble. And why does he want to do that? You know, the Wall Street Journal had a very good editorial the other day that said, look, there's a simple answer, Mr. Trump, release everything. 
you know, if he would release everything, then, you know, we, we, we won't have a problem. There's a reason, perhaps, he won't release everything. Well, Al, when you talk to uh, people on the Hill, do you get the sense that among Republicans there is a growing amount of concern about uh, the U.S. becoming a banana republic and holding President Trump's feet to the fire? I think they're scared stiff because they're caught in a terrible crossfire, Lisa. Number one, that base, that Trump base, now it's it's smaller than it was. It's diminished. He's lost support. There's no question of that. But the fervor of that base still is there, and that's a key part of the Republican constituency. On the other hand, he is losing all sorts of independent and people who were centrist, if you will, who didn't like Hillary and held their nose and voted for Trump. Uh, and secondly, a number there are a number of these Republicans who are saying, my God, what, what, what's going on? Is uh, were there re- are there really some very worrisome things? They were bothered, for instance, by his second meeting with Putin that he didn't tell anyone about. They were bothered by the Donnie Jr. Look, Donnie Jr. and Paul Manafort and Jared Kushner, I've covered campaigns for 40 years. A month before the convention, time is precious. The Missouri state chairman may come in. You don't have time to meet him. I'm sorry. We're too busy. And to spend that amount of time. With, with those Russians, and to lie about it to begin with, and then to lie about the number of people there, what are they hiding, Lisa? And I think Republicans, uh, at least some of them, are asking those questions to themselves, at least. Uh, I want to keep you with us, Al and Christian. I want to bring in Larry Liebert, National Security Team Editor for Bloomberg News, uh, who is uh, in Washington, D.C. Larry, I want to pick up on on one aspect that Al was talking about with concern that Republicans uh, have expressed, at least behind closed doors, about the second undisclosed meeting that President Trump had with Vladimir Putin, president of Russia. Um, Is there any concern among the security, the intel community, Uh, that right now there is something going on that could potentially jeopardize the national security of our country? Or is this mostly, uh, you know, the details and and still having to do with the campaign? Well, in the intel community, there's concern about anything they don't know about. And really, uh, the question is, what did they talk about in that meeting, which the president said was very brief. Others have said it was a full-hour discussion. Uh, what do they talk about in terms of lifting sanctions and policy? Uh, what do they talk about, uh, perhaps, in regard to uh, the current investigations are going on? Uh, and, and the fact that they don't know is what troubles them. The fact that there were no note-takers, not even uh, Secretary Tillerson, who was there for the meeting earlier in the day, uh, was around to uh, make any record of, of what was said. So that just that uh, worries them. But this president is not one to uh, follow the diplomatic rules, and uh, I guess they're trying to adjust to that. Christian, I know you've got something to uh, to add to this, please. Well, you know what's been interesting in the last two weeks amid, you know, first the revelations about the, the meeting between uh, Donald Jr. and his office uh, with various uh, Russian and Eastern Europeans, uh, prior to the election, as well as uh, Trump's new explanation of his, uh, uh, you know, uh, side sideline meeting with uh, Putin at the G20 dinner, uh, it, it, the the continued explanation is that they were talking about this issue of Russian adoptions, uh, which you know only partially explains what the adoption issue is. Uh, the adoption issue has to do with something called the Magnitsky Act, which was passed by Congress to uh, punish human rights abusers in Russia with severe financial sanctions. Uh, and Putin was extremely unhappy about the mag- passage of the Magnitsky Act. And in a retaliatory move, he banned adoption of Russian children by Americans. 
Uh, so, so yes, it's about adoptions, but actually it's about financial sanctions on Russians. Uh, and, and that is sort of the real substance of what's been discussed at these meetings. So uh, one other uh, aspect to the latest political news is the wide-ranging interview, which we mentioned before, that President Trump had with the New York Times. And in that, he had some scathing remarks about uh, Jeff Sessions, his attorney general, basically accusing him, saying if he had known that he would have recused himself from the Russia issue, he would not have appointed him as his attorney general. Uh, Larry, I would love to get your sense of this. We are getting news this morning that Attorney General Sessions has no intention of resigning. Um, Is there anything that President Trump can do at this point to halt this special counsel's investigation, Bob Mueller's uh, investigation, or change his, or would he have any incentive to really fire Attorney General Sessions uh, as a result of some of his displeasure around this investigation? Well, first of all, uh, you know, this is a unique president. Uh, one, one of the folks, uh, officials we talked to said it's normal for there to be some strife between a president and his uh, Justice Department. Uh, it's not normal for the president to air it all uh, for the nation. Uh, and that's just what Trump does. But we, we don't hear, and I suspect the White House will tell us sometime today, we don't hear that the president wants uh, Sessions to quit or is about to fire him. Uh, and Sessions chose to take it uh, that way, basically saying, asked if he could serve with uh, with uh, the president's questions about him. He said, he said we, we are serving. We're serving right now. And, uh, and, and we intend to continue to. And uh, I'm not sure uh, that the president, since Sessions has recused himself, from the Russia investigation would gain much from firing uh, Sessions. In fact, he'd uh, inherit uh, 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 Rosenstein, the deputy attorney general, who uh, who Trump also disparaged, saying, well, he's from Baltimore, and how many Republicans are from Baltimore? Yes. So what does he gain there? Uh, so I suspect that Sessions uh, will labor on, huh? uh, and uh, and Trump will... Uh, we got we got to leave it there. Larry, you go back to work. we got more work to do. We've got more to bring you to. Larry Liebert, he's our national security team editor for Bloomberg. Plus, I want to thank Christian Bertelson. Great reporting. And Al Hunt, Bloomberg View contributor and veteran DC watcher. Thanks for listening to the Bloomberg PL podcast. You can subscribe and listen to interviews at Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or whatever podcast platform you prefer. I'm Pim Fox. I'm on Twitter at Pim Fox. I'm on Twitter at Lisa Abramowitz1. Before the podcast, you can always catch us worldwide on Bloomberg Radio.